0: The social screen drives podcast. The social screen drives podcast. The social screen podcast. Where Andy talks to people he met on the internet.
1: Hey there, everybody welcome to episode 26 of the social screenwriters podcast i am your host andy compton and today on the show we have a very special guest his name is nathan graham davis at ngd on twitter uh, nathan is a screenwriter who actually just had some pretty big news he was in deadline for um, he has a script that he wrote called aftermath it's an action thriller starring dylan sprouse and mason gooding Uh, coming soon it was announced um it's already wrapped and in the can i guess they're just doing some finishing touches but it is coming very soon from voltage pictures uh really exciting stuff nathan is a good dude um a good follow on twitter i'd recommend following him he also has a youtube channel uh at nathan graham davis where he does a show called going pro where he it's kind of like this he interviews writers but they're Obviously, as the title states, going pro. Um, So he catches people at a unique time in their career. Um, Check that out, too. Really good resource. I guarantee you'll learn some stuff. Um, That's about it for the episode. A little bit what's going on with me. um, Ethan and Edna is still available on YouTube and Vimeo. Um, If you haven't watched it or haven't heard of it, that's a short film that I wrote and directed. It came out earlier, actually late last year, It came out uh, online, and you can go watch it now, and let me know what you think. If you watch it, you know, tag me on Twitter, and if you want to say something nice, cool, if you want to say something mean, probably don't do it publicly. I'd rather get a DM ripping me apart, honestly. Uh, But, you know, also, if you just want to say nice things, that would be the normal, cool, regular thing to do um and also we're on letterboxd so if letterboxd is your thing which it should be for everyone i think it's really fun to kind of log movies and leave reviews and things like that uh yeah check it out but ethan and edna is on letterboxd i'd appreciate you rating us and reviewing us on there if you want to i guess imdb probably does reviews too i can't remember um but yeah anyway that's out and then i have a short film that i wrote and directed at the end of last year december of 2022 that has had a quick turnaround time and we are almost done with post and that is going to be coming real soon and we're going to drop it on my youtube andy compton on youtube uh you can find it um you'll see it there that's where ethan and edna is too but that's coming really soon guys it's a fun sci-fi thriller horror comedy It's a bunch of different shit. I really hope you guys like it. It's so weird and goofy. It costs no money to make. And uh, I just thought it was fun. And we did something weird with low stakes. But it's basically the log line is when his roommate struggles to complete an internet captcha, a paranoid man begins to suspect he may be living with a robot. And that's basically what it is. It's real dumb, real silly. If you guys have seen those internet captchas, that's like, you know, uh, select all the photos containing mountains or select all the photos containing bridges um, it, it's basically it's those are the kind of captures that this guy is having to do and it's real dumb it's real silly but also we tried to make like a comedic version of black mirror and i hope you guys dig it um that's about it for me thank you for listening to the podcast i've gotten a lot of real nice uh reviews lately and keep them coming i really appreciate it if you want to do it publicly on twitter or instagram that helps a lot at social writer pod you can also donate to the podcast that way on our link tree uh, at social writer pod there's a link in there it goes to a paypal thing it's all legit um i appreciate all that guys let's hop into this episode with nathan graham davis Nathan Graham Davis. Nate Davis, what what do you go by?
0: Um, People call me Nate. uh, And when I initially decided I wanted to be a screenwriter, I looked up Nate Davis on IMDb. This was a wicked long time ago. Uh Um, And there were like, I don't know, eight of me at least. Uh So I realized that wasn't going to work. Same for Nathan Davis. So I started throwing my middle name in there. And it's now Nathan Graham Davis. Um, And the side benefit of that that I never expected, but have really appreciated, is it has allowed me to kind of have two very distinct careers without anybody knowing on either side that I do the other thing without, Uh, unless I want them to. Um, That's smart. So like, you know, nobody in, um, you know, my day job career Mm -hmm. can Google Nate Davis and, you know, find out what I'm doing, right? They have to know my full name. And, you know, on the flip side, like Nate Davis is a such a common name that if you try and Google that, you're not going to find me. Mm -hmm. um but be like most people wouldn't think to google that so um now if people are listening to this they might try but you know jokes on you i'm quitting my day job anyway so hey hey, that's
1: an exciting announcement too congratulations um for listeners who don't know me and nate are pretty friendly at this point so we kind of know each other it's not our first time talking and i knew about this big event in your life that you were leaving your day job and you were finally in the door to pursue writing professionally, which brings me to my next point. Uh, You have a huge thing that just happened to you. You have a film called Aftermath. It's an action thriller starring Dylan Sprouse and Mason Gooding that is going into production. No, it's wrapped.
0: Oh, it's wrapped. um, Oh, shit. I just said said we're friends. I don't even know that. (laughs) There's been so much going on, dude. Yes, Um, yes. So that wrapped in June of 2021. Uh, sorry. Not 2021. I can't get my years straight. Uh, June of 2022. So last year. Um, And so it's almost finished with post-production now. And so we just finally announced it in deadline because it's going out to the European film market, um, which is the 16th through the 23rd of February. And basically it's with Voltage Pictures. So Voltage has their own money and they just kind of produce things on their own without needing to raise anything. And then awesome. they just go and sell to the highest bidder at these film markets. And that's how it works. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a really good business model for them as a result. Mm-hmm. And um, But also it's been interesting because I kept on hearing or thinking that it was going to be announced for like the last year and a half and it just hasn't. So I haven't been able to talk about it for all this time until mm-hmm. last week. Um, yeah. But now, it you know, the, the announcement's out, which is awesome. It's really exciting. Um, it's weird to see like my name in deadline and get my own snarky deadline comments. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, pretty cool.
1: Yeah, dude, that's so amazing. I know I'm so happy for you. Uh, like just what an achievement. And um, I think I speak for all of us who haven't been in deadline yet that like that is going to be a really special moment when it happens. I'm sure it was a really
0: special moment for oh, you. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty cool. Like it's like, you know, I've obviously been dreaming of like doing these things for a very long time Mm -hmm. um but i mean the move the script got optioned like a year and a half ago and it's been moving steadily forward since then and i've just been waiting to be able to talk about it so it's really it's pretty special and definitely like after that deadline article came out my phone didn't stop blowing up for like three days straight so it's pretty cool Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, cool. I want to talk about
1: that a little more later in the show, so everyone stay tuned. But for now, I want to take it back to the beginning. I do want to mention up top, though, while we have everyone, uh, because eventually I run audiences off, they're they're going to tune out when I start talking, so we'll get it out (laughs) up top. Uh, You have a YouTube channel at Nathan Graham Davis, where you do a lot of cool videos on screenwriting, and you have a series called Going Pro, where you interview writers who I'm assuming are going pro. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just want to get that out. Uh,
0: how long have you been doing that? So I started the YouTube thing in 2020 when I decided I wanted to get back into screenwriting. I had uh, started screenwriting way back when, in like 2004 was when I wrote my first script and it mm-hmm. kind of had a pretty good run um, around like 2012 through 2014. It seemed like things were gonna go. I had my first manager, option to script, had some other things that kind of seemed like they were coming together but it all fell apart. And I had, um, you know, one little kid, another little one on the way. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a pretty good day job. And so everything was just kind of maddening at that time. So I stepped away and focused on my day job and just started writing things purely for me, like a graphic novel and uh, some short stories and stuff. But in 2020, the world seemed like it was going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I was kind of starting to think like, what do I really want to do with my life? I'd been thinking a lot about movies and then like my friend, Mike Moore and messaged me on Facebook and he's like, Hey, I know you're not a screenwriter anymore, but can I bounce a log line off of you? And like that, like message just totally got to me. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not a screenwriter anymore? You know? So I started like yeah. thinking about that a lot for the next few days. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm getting after this. I need to like know that I gave it my best shot to like, Get movies made. So I created this YouTube channel called Reentry or like a series called Reentry back then to follow me trying to break back in. Mm-hmm. And I did 26 episodes of that while I was writing a new script and interviewing pro screenwriters along the way for their advice mm-hmm. um, on the specific parts of the script that I was on, whether it was like outlining or a first act or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just awesome, awesome experience. Um, the script I wrote was called Anther. Um, mm-hmm. and that script didn't really do anything for me at the time when I finished it. Um, but it's now set up with producers a couple of years later, which is pretty cool. So, hey. and, um, yeah, so, um, you know, it all kind of came around. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I've kind of managed to break back in, got a movie made, I'm now trying to turn this into like a full fledged career. And so I thought it'd be cool to document a lot of the experiences that I'm having right now, because I feel like you see a lot of um, advice about breaking in or how to write a screenplay, but you don't see a lot about, you know, being an early, newly professional screenwriter and navigating all kind of like the weirdness of just being that like, and um, Mm -hmm. you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's everything from like how you navigate meetings to rewrites to whatever, um, it's there, I'm learning a lot along the way that I was never aware of before and I thought it'd Mm -hmm. be cool to share, so that's the long version of that that's amazing i suggest everyone
1: listen to that i know i'm gonna listen to that more um that yeah that's it you're right it's such a weird time because i'm kind of at the earliest stage of that Of got a manager recently
0: experiencing it man Yeah,
1: yeah and uh uh it's it's different it's been different like even my first year repped was you know i i've talked about this a little on the pod but uh just the the good fortune of having producers show interest in a project and then I'm working with them uh and they want rewrites, you know, and I'm doing these rewrites, and I'm really happy to do it because this seems like you know, the door is opening for me and something's gonna happen. Yeah. However, I'm like, I'm still trying to be productive on new specs and get that's keep that stuff it's a going. Challenge. Dude, it was such a huge yeah. learning curve for me all of 2022, of just like Every time I would get the tiniest bit of momentum on something new and be like, you know, the light bulb goes off like, oh, that's what this story wants to be. Okay, usually that's the moment where you start really cruising a new rewrite. New notes would come in and I got to I got to make that my priority. And I'm happy to because I want to get this fucking movie made. But um, yeah, dude, it was a real challenge for me. And uh, this even until now, you know, a whole year later, I'm still kind of getting out of that and trying to figure out my new workflow
0: so have you tried like writing two things at the same time or anything yet? Or do you kind of just say, okay, now I'm going to go to this rewrite and then I'll get back to this spec when I'm done. That's, that's what I've been doing. And I'm realizing now
1: that that needs to change because you are also uh, in great company of very, very talented, successful people in the industry who've told me that I need to learn that.
0: Yeah. It's so weird. Like I have for the vast majority of the time been writing, it's one thing at a time. That's how, I prefer, I just want to lock in and like, you know, immerse myself in this story. And like, so last year I did like five or six rewrites for producers on two different projects. And some of those were time consuming, um, you know, and through most of those, I would like stop working on the spec that I was working on to focus on those. But I just like, right before we got on today, I finished uh, the first draft or like, kind of, I don't know if it's the first or second draft because I like threw out half of it or more than half of it before. But anyway, I finally finished like a real draft of my work in progress script, Mm -hmm. Um, my new spec that I'm really excited about. And this feels, it feels pretty solid, but like I've been working on this for just over a year, which is way too long for a spec in my, you know, I, I usually knock them out in about like six or seven months to final draft. And I bet I've still got two more months before I'm there. Mm -hmm. um so that's way 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 too long Mm -hmm. and i think part of that was just getting my momentum stalled by like going back to these other projects you know so Mm -hmm. for the last couple rewrites i've done what i've been doing is saying that they're going to take just a little bit more time Mm -hmm. um and that's fine because these are you know with they're unpaid um so they're you know it's with producers that are attached by shopping agreement Mm -hmm. um so you know saying a little going to take a little more time and then what i'll do is i'll just spend like an hour working on my spec per day and then an hour working on the rewrite per day. And I just kind of time it. And then like, when that hour's up, move on to the next thing and just, Mm -hmm. it it hasn't been as hard as I thought it would be. Like it's, it seemed like it would be challenging, but to turn my brain off from one project and go to another, but honestly, it's fine.
1: Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to need to make a change. I do know that. And that sounds like a good way to do it. Um, Okay, cool. So we kind of talked about, you know, how, and talking about your youtube channel where you started around 2004 but i want to just go all the way back and just kind of learn you know all the details of that journey so how did you get into screenwriting
0: sure so um i wrote when i was a kid like uh you know back in like third and fourth and fifth grade um i, I thought i actually wanted to be like an author back then mm. um and you know even entered like a local writing contest that um author jane yolan put on And I think she created a new category for me in the year of fifth grade where I won the most ambitious award. Um, I don't think that existed before because I just wrote such a long story. I don't think it was very good, but she just probably felt guilty that in like she had to give this kid something because it was so long. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was like, but that was like the first thing was like, oh, maybe I can do this. Um, But then I got a guitar when I was in sixth grade and became like a punk rock skateboard kid and oh uh, man same story here yeah and so i stopped writing and i focused on music and it was a blast and i did that until i was about 19 um Mm -hmm. when i was 19 i was working at a blockbuster and i loved movies um you know and was just becoming a bigger and bigger fan of them but they'd always been a big part of my life and Um, I was going to a community college and there was in my last semester at the community college, there was a screenwriting course. It was just online, which like back then in 2004 meant it was like a forum and email. There was no video. There weren't any like chats or anything. It was just forum and email. Um, So it wasn't necessarily the best way to learn anything. Mm -hmm. Um, The professor was a very accomplished playwright, but screenwriting was also new to him. But like when I say very accomplished, like super legit. Um, Yeah. But, you know, it was just kind of the main point of that for me was that I wrote a a full feature length screenplay before the end of that semester and was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And so I kept on working on that. And I thought I was going to direct it back then. I got like a mini DV camera, started shooting music videos for friends bands because I was heavily into that scene Um, and just kind of like stuck with that stuff for a while until I realized like, well, I was working full-time, still trying to go to school. I'm like, I can't do all this. So I decided screenwriting was really where it was for me. And that became my discipline. And I stuck with that for like six or seven years, just working hard at it before anything actually came through. Um, And then I wrote um, my script, Aftermath, back in like 2011 and into 2012. And Mm -hmm. that's what got me a manager and got optioned all the, all the way back then. Mm. And now uh, 10 years later, it's actually become a movie, which is kind of cool.
1: That's amazing. So was that option a different company? Yeah. Yeah. Back then. Okay.
0: Yeah. Back then we, um, so we attached Miller Goff Inc as producers, took it out to studios. Everybody passed. Um, I got, I got some pretty cool generals off of it, um, Mm -hmm. but like nobody bought it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then like, because I had these generals, I was going out to LA, um, and the week before I left, my manager called me and is like, "Hey, uh, good news! Adi Shankar wants to get wants to buy this." So <laughs> he it didn't end up being like a full out purchase, but he optioned it and mm-hmm. really, you know, gave a, a real attempt at getting it made. Um, it mm-hmm. seemed like we were going to get close for a while, but you know, Addy was awesome. Um, he's the dude who did like, you know, dread and uh he did killing them softly and like a bunch of cool movies before he moved into some really awesome animation stuff like castlevania and stuff on on netflix
1: yeah yeah that's awesome yeah but yeah
0: so that ended up falling apart though as did everything else that i was working on um and uh you know i kind of assumed aftermath was dead until suddenly it found new life you know like a year and a half ago and now it's a movie it's crazy yeah that is crazy that's amazing
1: um so you mentioned filming music videos on a mini dv camera which i love as a 2000 skater kid i also was lucky enough to get a mini dv camera and i fucking loved it um i still have tapes around here that i need to figure out how to play yeah i have a couple i only have two left Um, i I don't know where the all the all the i wonder if
0: i've still got any like i'd love to like know what's on them there's probably some of like that my own music and stuff like that from back then, which I wouldn't even be able to play anymore, you know? So
1: I still um, have the original tape that came with the camera and on the little tape on the outside, the label, it says Kohl's skit. And I remember that was the first thing we ever filmed with that camera. I got it for Christmas and it was like December 26th. And me and some buddies, we were like 13, walked up to this Kohl's up the road from my house. And I just like stood next to these mannequins and just like froze and just like waited for people to walk by and just like stood there, just like not moving, like even no matter how much they looked at me or anything, just the dumbest video. Like it's so stupid. It's such little kid shit, but I would fucking love to see that because I think it's just going to be a trip. I'm probably going to cry just out of like pure nostalgia of like, I love that. Oh my God,
0: you've come such a long way. There are a few of the music videos that I made for friends bands are still on YouTube and shit like that, which is like kind of cool to see, you know, Um, like just, you know, just random stuff that's still hanging out there. Um, But most of that's been lost to time.
1: Yeah. As it does, man. Like so much of my stuff has been, I was going to ask though. So does that mean, do you have any directing aspirations or have you done narrative directing?
0: I think it's possible, but like, Mm -hmm you know i have two kids and i really love being a dad and i just don't think that's the type of lifestyle that i want um Mm -hmm. directing is hard man like you stick with that project for like a good nine months easy Easy. probably more um and like it's just long long days for that entire time and that's Mm -hmm. and that's why i totally understand when directors take a lot of time off between projects because it's just like that's intense and it's hard to have a life when you're doing it and so Mm -hmm. Although I definitely have some interest in it, it, like there's two things like one is the family life and then two is like, it's a whole different craft, you know, like I have Mm -hmm. not um, put in the time. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe at some point I'd like to fool around with that and start learning and then maybe down the road, you know, make something. But Mm -hmm. that's probably a long ways off, like when my kids are out of the house and so on and so forth producing mm-hmm. though is something that i'm interested in i'm already you know doing some of that um because i think um, you know there are different ways to approach producing not that any of it's easy um but it doesn't have to consume you in the all encompassing way that directing does
1: mhm yeah definitely yeah that's awesome that's cool um so let's get into some fun stuff you're you're represented at zero gravity right yep jeff belton yeah. yeah awesome cool um that's all I have on that question (laughs) I actually have since I gave you this form I actually cut that question because it just never amounts to anything it's like okay uh anyway let's get into a fun question that everyone loves how would you describe your brand uh explosions and mind fucks wow has that been like a thing that you've been
0: carrying for a while that um I was or word description so no, but I think it's really, I, I like it. Um, yeah, so, it's good. I, I really um, like that. You know, what's funny is I was actually like, not sure how I was going to answer that question because I knew it was coming. And then uh-huh. I was going and doing some like online cleanup, Um, you know, some, some internet hygiene. And I saw uh-huh. that I still had a profile on the blacklist. So I went to go clean that up and I saw that I had put that in there. Um and I was like, oh, that's good. I don't know why I didn't remember that. So now I'm mm. going to remember it and use it from here on out.
1: That's good, awesome. When you say cleaning up, are you are you getting rid of your blacklist profile?
0: Um, just kind of like hiding it, everything on it, basically. Um, you yeah. know, I don't know that I'll use it anymore from here on out. That's kind of how do... I'm feeling again. Again,
1: with like going into a new stage and writing, I'm kind of wondering yeah. about all those fucking profiles I have. yeah like
0: i've got a cover fly one too you know and it's like it's kind of nice because like i was on their 2021 next list um but also like i don't know how relevant that is right now and i'd kind of it's those are such high profile websites that they pop up really early on google Mm -hmm. so like there's stuff that i'd rather people found first
1: yeah no what's so funny too is i've been thinking about like doing the same hiding those profiles And uh, I've been thinking about it literally is like the last like four or five days. And just last night, I randomly got a script request on Coverfly, which I never fucking use. And like anyone who's requested scripts on Coverfly, I'm sorry, but like I just don't really respond to those because I don't like I don't like sending out my shit to people. I literally have no idea who you are. Interesting. I'm totally Um, the
0: opposite way, but I want to I was
1: I was earlier. Earlier I was like that. Anyone who wants to read it, I'm trying to get this thing as far reaching as mm-hmm. I possibly can. I will send it to you. But since um, you know, getting some momentum and like things starting to move in my career, uh, I've been a little more hesitant about sending that stuff out. Cause like also the one that gets requested the most is currently under a shopping agreement. And maybe well, right. So that's a reason not to so, share it. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah, like yeah. I don't share anything that's got attachments. Yeah. Um, you know, unless like I really know the person and feel comfortable with sharing it with them. Exactly. Um, same. You know, but um, like if, if something's got attachments, I don't share it. But if something doesn't yeah. have attachments, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Like I'm yeah. happy to read it because I'd love to get more eyes on my stuff. You never know who somebody is or who they know or or what. Or like, yeah. you know, sometimes. Yeah. So um, I had one person who requested from Coverfly and I let them download it having no idea who they were and they turned out to be a pretty cool director. And we ended up zooming a couple of times after that. And so, you know, it's like, that's a guy I'm really glad I'm connected with.
1: Yeah, it happens. And the person last night ended up uh, being a creative exec at a production house that is run by someone who's like a pretty prolific screenwriter and producer. So I was like, oh shit, like it, it worked out um so anyway i just had to put that disclaimer out there to anyone who's requested my shit on coverfly like if you know me on twitter you probably have a better chance there than me just like yeah doing right it like coverfly
0: you know like there's people on twitter that i've just followed for the last year or whatever and they seem mm-hmm. cool so like if they ask for a script like i don't mind sending it to them because i kind of feel like yep. you know there's like an established relationship there whatever exactly um, so that's yeah. different but like yeah, somebody yeah. random and it's um or just that I I don't know like I I'm not really familiar with mm-hmm. like I'm not going to share anything that's got attachments just because um there's too much sensitivity around that yeah exactly yeah
1: cool cool okay so your brand is explosions and mind fucks um so since everyone's writing routine is unique can you kind of describe your regular writing routine like are you Ugh. a daytime writer <laughs> nighttime writer you know uh do you have certain rituals
0: I don't have one right now um. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't write in the evening too much um, because, you know, I try to save that time for family um, of course, like after yeah. my work day is done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I write in the morning a lot. My day job is fairly flexible. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are certain times where, like, I'll work a little bit on the day job in the morning and then write kind of mid-morning and get back to the day job. I don't know it changes i'm really excited to so april 12th is going to be my last day of work mm-hmm. i'm really excited to see what it's like after that you know um my we'll see if this actually happens but like you know my vision is like spending a couple hours at a coffee shop a couple of couple hours at a library coming back home taking a run and then like getting back to work for you know meetings or whatever and a few more hours of work uh before mm-hmm. the day's out you know so we'll mm-hmm. see what happens uh, if i'm actually sticking with that consistently or not, or if I even like that, but yeah. uh, that's what I would like to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. In a perfect world. I think all of us sit back right now who have day jobs and dream about what it would be like to just do. Yeah. I mean, I've been dreaming about it uh,
0: since 2004, man. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. Been a while. <laughs> uh, all right. So cool. Um, are you also, do you like to do music or anything when
0: you write any kind Sometimes, of sounds? Um, yeah. It's, it's I, I listen to music more often. Um, you know when like the family's home uh, just because there are going to be sounds throughout the house or whatever um mm-hmm. and it's difficult to focus um yeah. you know the music changes depending on the script the one that i've been working on right now um you know it's mostly like soundtracks like i've been listening to a lot of like the edge of tomorrow and john week two um and ex machina um but like ex Machina the... was
1: a big inspiration for the last short film i made uh the, oh, the cool. score the score particularly
0: it's a good score. It's a good it score. It's a
1: great score. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but like I listen to for Aftermath, the movie that's coming out, I listen to a lot of like um kind of like Boston hardcore. Um mm-hmm. so you know, I find lyrics are fine as long as they're not easy to understand. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. so like there's and then um for Aether, like I listen to a ton of black metal um Mm. it's kind of the same thing like just like really evil sounding stuff or like you know stuff stuff that sounded really fantastical um so you know it depends on the script but like i'm just as happy to write in silence as long as there aren't any distractions around
1: yeah oh yeah um cool so let's talk about about your writing Uh, what's that oh what about me
0: what's your process with that
1: so my process is um i like doing I like I really like making like Spotify playlists for a spec that I'm writing that is all music that's appropriate for that like it could be in the movie uh not that it will be but a lot of times it's the vibe the tone but also I really like finding songs that are lyrically like thematically similar um you know like if it's uh if it's a breakup movie then have some good breakup songs in there you know and uh but I and really you, try you to find
0: you're able to write even when you can understand
1: the lyrics no. So check this out, though. I oh, don't okay. write. I don't write and listen to them, but I do like to just like go for a walk and listen to those songs. Oh, and, totally. and I can kind of see the movie in my head when I'm doing that, like certain scenes. But um, but then when I'm actually writing, I like to do I'm a nerd. And sometimes I'll do like those binaural beat tracks that are like eight hours long yep. and I'll just throw it on. And it's just kind of a droning sound. That that's not really anything. I like doing that. But then uh, there's also a part of me, too, that this is real weird. I like putting on these headphones I have that are noise canceling and just listening to nothing. But I like the suction on my ears and I feel like I'm kind of like isolated and
0: away from everything. I do that, too. But it's funny that you brought that up because I don't do it on purpose. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'll put on my headphones like when the kids come home or something like that after I've said hi to them. But I'm still working and like I'll put on my headphones to kind of lock in. But I'll be like in the middle of like doing something. And so, like, I'll just keep writing without mm-hmm. hitting play on the music, and then before I know it, I've been listening to a half hour of nothing. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's how it goes for sure. Um, but yeah, that's usually how I am. Uh, I, I do like listening to stuff, but then also I can do silence too. I sometimes I just like you know being locked in. It just depends on the mood. But um, okay, cool. So let's talk about your process. You have a brand new idea. Do you jump into an outline? do you write a log line do you need a title a working title before you can dig in uh or you just start writing pages what's the first thing you do when you have a brand new idea
0: uh it's never really just pages um you know i've done that before with short stories and things but never screenplays um i usually do try and come up with like so like i'll have like the kernel of an idea. And then I spend time trying to figure out who, like, the most interesting protagonist and antagonist will be for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I try and form something like a log line, but it doesn't need to be crisp. It's just, like, for me, just so I can kind of crystallize the idea. Um, And then I usually just start, like, researching whether that's a combination, whether it's, like, actual research of, like, reading books and watching videos and stuff, or if it's just, like brain research where i'm just scouring my subconscious and trying to like think of ideas and i just have um you know this kind of running document where i keep track of everything or where i just jot everything down Mm -hmm. and as i do that like ideas for like an actual story start to form usually um Mm -hmm. and um when i've got enough of that where it feels like i kind of get what the story is supposed to be that's when i usually move to doing some sort of outline um Mm -hmm. For some scripts the outline is uh you know more simplistic and for some it's pretty extensive.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But anyway. yeah, awesome.
1: So what what's like uh let's let's say like aftermath, what was the outline like for that? Like how many pages do you think that uh, was?
0: that was probably like that was a while ago. Uh <laughs> I actually found a scrap of paper with the first log line I ever wrote for that, by the way, when I was moving last summer, which was super cool. So, um, Oh no shit. And that was 2011-ish? Like, yeah. The, the, when I started yeah. writing that script, it was still 2011. So that was a yeah. long, long time ago. It was like the paper was even a little yellow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's um, amazing to have. And, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So like for that one, I bet the outline was like something like seven to 10 pages. Um, mm-hmm. You know, So mm-hmm. not, not super long, but like some detail. Um, yeah you know that's it's a contained thriller it's die hard on a bridge basically and so kind of yeah i love the pitch all the beats of that were important yeah i love the pitch i love
1: the high concept thing it's a really simple high concept um so do you veer away from your outlines while you're writing or are all you the time. pretty time. you do okay okay
0: cool every time like i yeah. would love to be good enough where i could write an outline that's so strong yeah. that i'm able to stick with it i'm yeah. just not that good of a writer uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> so, I know. That's, that's how I my am. process is beating something into submission by like just by, you know figuring it out along the way. But yeah. I like need I need I think the outline is um like part like part of the importance of an outline is just giving me confidence that the story's there, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and I'm figuring out my characters, which is critical. Mm-hmm. Um so like you know, that's a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. Um but so much of it gets discovered on the page
1: yeah yeah that's how i am too and i feel like a a big problem i have with outlining and this is just my personal process i think outlining is great um but a big problem i personally have with it is that i can't discern who my characters are when i'm only doing outline i don't know why i need to get in there and let them have some conversations with other characters and then i start yeah. figuring it out like oh this is how this person wants to talk and like that's who they are and
0: i agree uh, yeah it's a tough in the it. outline
1: process so i can't do you know beginning to end this is what this movie is going to be at the very beginning of the process i really need to get in there and find it
0: i agree with that um yeah. you know so when i did those re-entry videos a couple years back uh mm-hmm. joe johnson uh was on one of those and uh he was talking about how part of his process often is just like, not like finding a scene that's not even in the movie and just letting the characters talk for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And he does that early, early on. Mm-hmm. And I tried that because it sounded interesting to me with that script, Aether. And it was like, Oh, this is really useful. Um, and so I've done that a couple of times since um, just because it's like, Oh, okay. That's actually a really helpful exercise. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. and I don't know if I'll always do that, but it is useful uh, because just like you were talking about you know a lot of times you just need to like truly write it out and let the characters flow to figure out who they are
1: definitely definitely okay cool so moving on uh on average how long does it usually take you for a first draft to be complete like you have your new idea and you put pen to paper or fingers to computer uh starting an outline all the way until you type the end on the script
0: yeah so like you know I think it's normally like six or seven months. But like I was saying, you know, this one right now, because of the rewrites that I've been doing in the middle um on other projects, like it's I've been on it for like a year and a month. Um, and it'll yeah. it'll, it'll be a couple more months before I'm done and it's a full final draft. So that's probably the longest I've ever taken for one, except for my very, very first, which I just stuck with uh out of stubbornness thinking that I was gonna direct it back then. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, usually I think it's more like five to seven months somewhere in there mm-hmm. um i'm interested to see how that changes you know once i don't have a day job like yeah i've got more a lot on my plate um so we'll see how much it changes but i'm hopeful it's more like three or four months to final draft you know um yeah. that would be nice
1: yeah awesome cool another fellow um you know, and i mean this with love slower writer because uh i'm a slow writer and some people man they just crank them out real quick and i'm just i've had to accept i'm not that person
0: you know i used Uh, to feel really bad about that but i've got a movie that got made and i've got two with very legitimate attachments and one that i think has a decent chance of shooting this year Mm -hmm. so like I don't know, like the quality there, I guess, at least according to some people. So yeah. I wish I could turn them out more often. It'd be great to yeah. be like more prolific. But yeah. like at the end of the day, if I'm putting out stuff that people enjoy, that's the main thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Exactly. That's where
1: I'm at, too, is that I've always well, I've come to know the more I've written that usually on average my first drafts to come out more polished than someone who cranks them out quick because i just take more time and like if i feel like there's something wrong i can't just move forward i have to figure it out right now in the first draft for better or worse you know some people plow through and then fix it later i'm someone who like i feel like if i don't fix it now it's going to have a ripple effect in everything else that i write from here on out for this script so that always bugs me and then um I've just come to the point now where I'm like, well, maybe I'm not bringing new shit to the table as often as other people. However, like kind of, and just reiterating what you said, you know, you have a lot of good things going on. I'm like, if I can bring something to the table though, that has a legitimate chance because it's like that good, you know, like it's, it's really high quality, then who cares? Like I think if you do, someone can write four features a year, but if there's a different writer who writes one that's a fucking banger and has like serious totally. potential, then totally. it doesn't matter how many you wrote that, you know, yeah. one could get greenlit.
0: <laughs> I remember. Um, so Malcolm Spellman is a is a friend of mine, um, dude I've known for a long time. And, you know, and not like an official mentor or anything, but I've always kind of thought of him that way. And I remember one time, a long time ago, I was telling him about another friend who now actually is a pro writer. He's a very good writer, but he had like mm-hmm. written five scripts that year. Mm-hmm. And Malcolm was like, no, he didn't. And I was like, no, no, he did. He wrote five scripts. He's like, yeah, but they're not good. There's no way. Like uh-huh. nobody writes five good scripts in a year. And I was like, okay. Um, you know, yeah, if that guy is saying that, then like that makes me feel a little bit better about my own output, you know?
1: Yeah. And, so, you know, being just where I am and we are in the industry now, <laughs> I would agree. There's no one writing five good scripts in a single year, like good, good. Uh, you could have five things that are on the way to being good that Holy, were all absolutely. started in the same like, calendar year. But like, I just don't yeah. think that you're putting out five finished products that right. are going to have people wanting to meet you and talk to you. And
0: That is and, the difference. And I think, yeah. I think one thing that people miss a lot is, you know, in trying to like hold themselves to this standard of output they're missing developing the muscles that are required when you do that. You know, those really extensive deep digging rewrites, which Mm -hmm. are hard, hard work. It's hard work to put out a script and then to completely rewire your brain about it. And like, it's, you know, just like open your mind to looking at it from a completely different angle Mm -hmm. for the better. Um, And Then doing that like, you know, four, five, six, how seven, however many times it takes in order to really get it there. Yeah, that's a different muscle than cranking out a draft and then maybe cleaning it up with like what is essentially a polish or two, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so like, although I really respect people who like can like sit themselves down and knock out those four, five, eight, ten drafts in a year. Mm -hmm. I do think that they're missing out, um, you know, if they're not actually sitting down and truly focusing on honing just one and getting it to that, like, you know, super polished level.
1: Yeah. And you and I both know, and obviously tons of people listening to this know as well um, to get to the point where, you know, there's serious interest in your script in the industry and momentum. and, And I'm not talking like a bidding war. I'm just saying that like some, you know, uh, legitimate people working in the industry really want to make your thing. It's a fucking long road of rewriting. Yeah, it uh, is. no it matter is. how good they think your shit is when they first read it, they're also seeing the potential, and they're well, like, "Here's that. our then, yeah."
0: Like, there's just like reality too. Like mm-hmm. aftermath is probably sixty percent different than the draft that I optioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's a lot. Yeah. You yeah. know, but it was like, and it wasn't necessarily about taste. It had more to do with like, how do we actually get this movie made? Yeah. You know, so yeah. how do we, you know, and that had to do with um, the types of actors that we knew that we could probably, you know, land that could get the picture green lit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had to do with what we could actually shoot logistic wise and budget wise. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we had to make some huge changes in order to achieve that. Mm-hmm. and um it was an honor honestly to be included on you know the vast majority of that work and i'm glad that i was because i got Mm -hmm. to help shape that and at least feel like my fingerprints were still on it even Mm -hmm. if it wasn't my original vision for the movie um and at the end of the day the way i feel about it is every single bit of that was worth it because there is now a movie out there you know with my name on it and Mm -hmm. that is a completely different situation than the last 18 years of my life, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, so and I mean, it's such a remember.
1: valuable piece of currency in this industry, you know, like just for your career. I mean, you you have something that people can watch and know you by. Totally, um, you know, somebody can say to me now, so have valuable. you
0: written anything I've seen? And I can, for the <sighs> first time, and I'll be able to answer that and say, uh, yeah, you know, go over to Netflix and check out Aftermath or whatever, wherever yeah. it winds up. Yeah, so and, and you're
1: good fortune too, in your case, it's like, you know, people can just look at the poster and be like, Oh, I know those actors. Totally. You totally. know, they were in this thing that I loved and yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really, And there were so many something.
0: experiences, you know, that came out of that, that I'm just so incredibly grateful for, like mm-hmm. literally nothing else could happen with my career, but I still achieved a real dream, you know, and uh, I'm super grateful.
1: It's crazy. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's some, some people, you know, probably not, who knows maybe listening to this podcast but some people really think that you know you can just kind of mosey into screenwriting and like it is seriously such a long road and it's so daunting and just challenging um you're you're always going through growing pains i think uh even people at the top you know talk about who was it i think my manager jared just tweeted out something oh my gosh i forget who it was but two enormous people titans in the film industry that were trying to get a show uh, to go they were pitching and everyone passed on it i forget it, who the names were but they were fucking huge huge names
0: yeah. it happens all the time it's incredible yeah, yeah. it's a really tough business yeah. um it's crazy and, uh, you
1: would you would hear some names and think oh someone's going to bite on that just because of who they are that's like you know it's a foregone thing that that's going to be sold and that's going to get made and it's insane that it's not always the case. So then for us fucking Joe Schmoes down here, just like no name people. It's, it's so disheartening at times to think like, well, if they're getting
0: passed on, then what are they going to think of me? You have to be a little delusional in order to, you know, and you know, I, I, that's not a knock at all. It's just, it's, I think no. it's just a fact. I, I, like, I
1: think it's a compliment. If you, you know. get told you have that delusional thing about your screenwriting career, It that's, that's a key. It's a key to what it takes.
0: Yeah, you really yeah. have
1: to believe for some reason, me in a, a suburb outside of St. Louis, Missouri, in the middle of the country so far from, you know, the entertainment industry, for some reason I have this belief. And I know you're not in LA either. We right. have this belief that we're going to make movies in Hollywood. And it's just yeah, uh, to other people, that's got to be so like, well, what are you even doing here? You know, like, shouldn't you be somewhere else? And it's like, I'm I'm yeah. figuring it out. Trust me,
0: <laughs> Um, I you know, and I have long been used to the fact that people that I've known in my personal life, you know, not my direct family, who has always been incredibly supportive. So I'm lucky in that me, way. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. um i honestly without my wife and also my parents like i mean Mm -hmm. that has made a huge difference just having all that you know um just moral support definitely Um, but anyway um there have been a lot of people in my life who definitely like you can kind of tell like (laughs) they're a little surprised that i'm still chasing this dream until now you know now i can finally like be like here we go so feels so good i bet um, 20 years well 19 years later yeah however
1: long it's been i don't know Yeah, yeah, yeah. well since like since your so, first attempt I, maybe yeah, that's not you know, fair to talk I mean, about it like that but yeah no, i
0: mean it doesn't matter at the end of the yeah. day like i mean no it's just it's that hard um you know and some people do make things happen sooner than that and that's amazing you know and mm-hmm. i i, I mm-hmm. wish the best to everybody but there's a yeah. luck element involved too and there there mm-hmm. was in my case i mean things just lined up perfectly at the right time to get this movie made and yeah if they didn't, it it wouldn't have happened. And I'd still be, you know, um, finding ways to just put my work out there and continuing to be scrappy about it, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, to even narrow down your specific pool even more to screenwriters who started when they were younger, got a little bit of heat, then it all went away. And then they started a family and got a regular job. And then they get this kick in the ass like, oh, my God, don't give up your dream. That's a much smaller pool, I think, of people who actually emerge out of that story and make it, you it, know. It
0: is, but I've I've connected with a few people who have a similar um, path and who are kind of doing the same thing right now. And, you know, oh, so, yeah. it, and uh, it's really, you know, it's been cool to kind of like connect with those people. Um, and also, yeah. like one of the actors in my movie who lives close to me, it turns out, this is super random. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, we weren't even supposed to shoot until mass- in Massachusetts, and that happened. Mm -hmm. and then like i show up on set and meet this actor and he's like oh hey how was your flight in and i'm like oh i I drove in i'm from massachusetts he's like oh me too but i'm from the western side of the state and what where we live 10 miles not even 10 miles six miles from each other what Um, yeah it's crazy and he's like fairly prominent in the movie Mm -hmm. um and this is his first big break um and like me he had had a run at it you know when he was in his 20s and had Actually, like, you know, he was down. Da- it was down to between him and one other guy for a, role, a major starring role on Empire. Um, like he had some really good stuff that almost happened. And then like it just kind of fell apart. He had a kid and he was like, you know, what? I think I'm done. Became a teacher for like five years. And then around the same time I did got after it again. And now, like, we're both having like our first true big break in the same movie. We live a few miles from each other. It's, it's been really fun.
1: Oh, man, that's awesome. That's a heartwarming story. Honestly, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, yeah awesome. it's 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 a tough industry. And I don't say that to discourage anyone. It's just the reality of it. And, you know, if you still want to do it after hearing all that, then you're one of the tribe. You know, you're one of the people. I don't want to say tribe because I'm stealing Alex Ferrari's Indie Film Hustle. Uh, verbiage. <laughs> Shout out uh, Indie Film Hustle and Alex Ferrari. I love that podcast. Uh, OK, cool. So when a first draft is complete and i'm sure this is kind of changing for you now than say 2 years ago but um when a first draft is complete what's the first thing that you do do you send it to some peers do you do another revision just on your own um do you put it away for a while do you send it to a feedback service do you enter contests i don't think you're probably entering contests
0: anymore but no i don't have to enter contests anymore yeah. which is you're not going to share nice. a buffet what's that you're not going to shy a laboof it? No, no that's, no, that's not quite my style. Um, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what? I have actually, this sounds so stupid. I've thought about throwing something up on the blacklist under a pen name just to kind of like see what it would do out of curiosity. I don't mm-hmm. think I'll do that because yeah. there's really no point um, other than just like sheer validation and potentially an opportunity. Well, to I mean, writers off. that have broken um, in are
1: still getting blacklist
0: evaluations stuff. Yeah, you and know. Stuff. I don't know. I've thought about it, but I, I don't think I will. But yeah. what do I yeah. do? Um, so I just finished this draft today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so probably tomorrow or the next day, I will print it out and I'll go through it with an, a bright orange pen um, and circle anything that I don't like. Um, and I'll write notes in the margins and things like that. And then I'll go and I'll type all that shit up in a rewrite document, um, like a Google Doc mm-hmm. on uh, my laptop. And I will break them down into um, like green, blue and red. Uh, So like green is like the easy stuff, like from typos to like something that's gonna take me less than two minutes to fix. Mm -hmm. Um, Blue is kind of the more challenging and then red is like the like overhaul stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll go through and do all that. Um, It probably won't be that much right now because I'm like, it's so fresh um, and I won't have that that kind of perspective of stepping away but I'll clean it up. It'll take me like a week, week and a half. Um, And then I'll flip it out to my manager and probably a couple other people for kind of that first initial read Mm -hmm. and I'll take all their feedback and I'll do that same process, typing up a rewrite document and going through that Um, and I'll do that again and again until it's ready to go.
1: Nice. Well, you have a, that's a real like tried and true process. It sounds like, I mean, like the, green blue and red thing uh that's that's very like type a you yeah think you're, i'm you're kind of like I'm, a type I'm a person?
0: type a but it's, it's okay. um yeah so <laughs> yes. my 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 mother is incredibly type a and i always resisted uh-huh. the idea that i was until i was about 30 and realized i had definitely inherited it yeah um so <laughs> yeah. um but uh you know yeah i just i find that's a, a great way to do it because like I've got a list of everything and also like I can't, and then uh, when I finish something, I put a strike through through it. So it's like crossed off. Um, And so like I can just kind of attack pieces of it when I'll sit down for an hour and be like, okay, I can knock out like, you know, want two green things and like two red things and like feel good about my day. And like, Mm -hmm. I just kind of see it going away um, Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, And I find that that's really useful for just kind of, powering through it and not getting lost in the weeds on anything. Um, yeah. And so that that process has helped me pretty well. Yeah, love
1: that. Okay, so from now until April 12th, this question applies to you. Uh, <laughs> are you comfortable talking about your day job?
0: Um, yeah, uh, so I'm uh, in banking, I'm in commercial lending. Um, I got a job at a bank uh, out of Blockbuster because one of my customers recruited me uh, way back then to basically be like a glorified teller. Um, yeah. And, and uh, so that was like a $4 an hour pay raise. So it was like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, I'm in, uh, let's yeah. go. Um, and so that was always supposed to kind of be like my job for a couple of years until I became a super rich and successful famous filmmaker. Of course. Um, and then that took a lot longer than I thought it would. Huh. Um, and That's I'm, still, I'm still pretty far off from that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you know, in the meantime, I just kind of did that job and I didn't focus on it a whole lot until um, after I kind of stepped away from the Hollywood thing for a while. And then I really did put a lot of effort into it because I had this young family and it's been a great career. Um, And so I kind of got promoted, became a a branch manager, and then now I'm in commercial lending. And like, it's interesting because I built all these skills that I never really intended to have, Um, you know, like just... Uh, everything from like leadership to sales skills to networking and just being able to like, you know, read through financial statements and everything and tax returns and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And like, I am finding that a lot of that translates pretty well to producing, not to mention just feeling comfortable um, having conversations as a screenwriter about, you know, the films that we're trying to make. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's been a pretty cool benefit of just having that day job and kind of working hard at it over the years
1: yeah you probably have like a decent mind for like financing and how the whole process
0: works too yeah, which is something like, that's a mystery to me i'm notoriously bad with money i mean there's still a lot that i'm i'm, tr- I'm trying to learn as much as i can about it right now because mm-hmm. that's what i'm doing right now you know i'm raising money for a movie um mm-hmm. i've got like a budget it's probably gonna be around eight hundred thousand, and we've got a little more than half raised um, oh wow
1: that's yeah, awesome. And so it's coming up. Is, is there a crowdfund or anything or are you just financing? Uh, we I privately? might
0: my plan had been to do one. Um mm-hmm. so if that happens, uh I'm sure I will let every single person know about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say
1: I would share it. Yeah.
0: The the financing may end up coming together without that. And so if if we don't need to, then we won't because crowdfunding is a lot of work. Um as anybody who's done it knows.
1: It is, yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. I just fun. wrapped up finally, and this is me just being such a piece of shit. I finally wrapped up the the crowdfunding perks, sending them all out, shipping everything out. Uh for the last, well, two shorts ago now, a short called Ethan and Edna that you can watch on YouTube and Vimeo, Ethan and Edna. Uh, but I had like awesome, T shirts. I, I hope share. everybody
0: who's listening to this has watched that. It's really excellent, man. I hope I hope you're super proud of it. Oh, thank you.
1: Yeah, I am super proud of what we accomplished for sure. That was kind of like a, a, a just a ragtag group of kids I went to film school with. And I so really cool. feel like we kind of punched above our weight class
0: when we made that. And it was, uh, yeah, I mean, great, you should but, be super proud. Yeah. It's, it's very, very cool.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I just finished that. And yeah, dude, it's a headache thinking about going into crowdfunding again and, you know, just... Seeing everything through all the way—it's uh—it's brutal, and that's not even talking about the actual funding process of just hoping and wishing and praying that you meet your goal. Um, yeah, it's brutal, but that's yeah. that's really rad, dude, for going for an eight hundred k budget, and you already have about half. That's amazing. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's excellent. Um, it, it's great to be involved in it. Um, the filmmaker is. I'm going to say this and then I might have to ask you to cut it. Um, okay. just cause I'll check with him, but uh, so okay. filmmakers Wade Wofford, um, and, uh, you know, he's a writer director who just really, uh, incredibly talented guy. I've known him for 15 years. He lives near me. Um, and so this script of his, um, he's been, he wrote a while ago, but he's finally, you know, trying to make it, um, you know, and it's like an eight on the blacklist and has all these other validations or whatever. Um, it's really, really great. And, um, it's a story that, you know, we both have kind of a personal connection to as well. Um, and so it's just this, as somebody who wants to produce, it's this really incredible opportunity to come in and be part of that and try and help his film get made. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm very excited to be part of that team. Um, and, uh, the other people on the team are also really excited to work with as well. And it's just been a fun way to meet new people in the business. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's been cool all around.
1: That is awesome, man. Uh, That's really inspiring to me. I do want to get into producing more right now. I'm just producing bullshit short films that are, you know, very cheap and very small. But um, eventually the goal would be to, you know, take my little production company I have now and make it like a full fledged legitimate thing. Uh, If I ever get there and just hearing about that, doing that at the level that you're at of just being like, I'm just going to try. Uh, to get yeah, this well, film I mean, off the ground.
0: You know, and to give credit where credit's due, like Wade, you know, got the first financing in place and now like they've, you know, they realized that they needed more money. And so I'm coming in and trying to help with that. And then also just helping out wherever I can as a producer. Um, and so, you know, it's um it's a fun budget level because there's money to actually do something with, um, but also you still have to be really scrappy, you know, like it's not just you know, you have to be really creative with how you approach things and get things done. And like we have a huge cast, so just mm-hmm. figuring all that out. Like a lot of the money is just going to cast, which means we got to be scrappy elsewhere. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it's Definitely. cool. I'm super excited to be part of it. Yeah. So, uh, a um, tip and, you know, is, he made two yeah. micro-budget features before this. You know, so he's got like he he's put the time in, he's put the work in. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited that um you know he's got an opportunity to do something with a real budget. I'm very excited to be at this stage of my career now and get to really kind of stretch and try new things. And it's um, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, man, I'm excited for you. That's really cool. Thanks. Okay, so we talked about your day job. Uh, What are some hobbies outside of screenwriting that help keep you sane? I know that you talked about skateboarding and punk rock. You still heavily, heavily
0: partaking in those things? No. Um, so mm-hmm. last year, uh, being a 38-year-old man who hasn't skateboarded mm-hmm. in a long time, my son broke uh my skateboard out and asked me to teach him to Ollie, and I promptly uh threw out my back, which was oh, terrible. Oh my god. And like and the thing was, like, I'm a pretty active guy. Like, yeah. you know, um, I had been trail running and mountain biking all summer. I had just moved which like we didn't hire movers, you know, it was me and a few friends. And so uh-huh. did all that fine. Do a couple ollies and just, Oh, terrible, such bad back pain mm. for like a week. Um, yeah. and physical therapy. All it. Um, yeah. so, uh, no, I don't uh-huh. skateboard anymore. Um, but like trail running and mountain biking, um, and just general like outdoorsiness is a big part of what keeps me sane. Um, huh. we moved to a place with like a trail head up a mountain uh, behind our house. Um, and so, you know, I'm up there regularly, uh, go on a couple hikes a week with my wife, too, which is super fun and um, mm-hmm. just a nice way to kind of connect. Um, so all that is is great. And then just, uh, you know, we like to explore the, the arts in general, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, the kids are both pretty creative. So kind of enjoying those things with them is just a blast. Um, mm-hmm. Being a dad is a big part of how I have fun.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, dude uh okay so of the scripts that you've written which is your favorite and why
0: oh um i forgot that you asked that question
1: yeah it's a brutal question
0: uh let's see i think it's i think it's Aether. um i think that's my favorite one um mm-hmm. you know it took a lot to research so it's set in like 1200 norway um mm-hmm. and like it's oh, wow. basically, you know it follows like a young woman who um, was an orphan and kind of like the ward of a a church. um, And she ends up escaping that life and like becomes apprentice to a witch that lives in the middle of the woods. And it's very grounded, um, but also kind of this elevated horror. Um, And just like, I love the story and the character. And also I loved doing the research on that and like, building out the world in a way that felt very authentic and grounded and lived in just because it was something that i knew nothing about and i wrote the dialogue and kind of a mix of like modern english and middle english and a little bit of old norse to give it its own real feel um and so it was just a really fun thing to write and i think because of that like it's probably my favorite one yeah was that your first script no 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 that's um that was the one that i wrote over that series re-entry um so like oh yeah in 2020 that's right i'm sorry yeah
1: yeah so like said, that's a big undertaking for, for a first script i was like shit, oh, man, 1200 yeah. norway
0: no um but yeah. uh you know i i think it would have been tricky if i didn't already have some chops um but like yeah. it was it was really yeah. hard anyway um yeah but it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed yeah. it and I, i'd love to like I'd love for it to become a sample, you know, it's got producers attached now and everything, which is great. Um, And Mm -hmm. we are going to do a studio play with it. So I'd love for it to become the type of sample that could get me some more work that requires that same type of just research and stuff, because I I really found that I enjoy that very much.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope that it comes true. And uh, lastly, I know we've kind of talked about it throughout the episode, but if you could sum it up, what are a few words of advice that you would give to your fellow screenwriters out there, especially to those just getting started?
0: Well, you know, it's like we were talking about, like, there are a few examples of uh, people who, um, you know, get a break really early and do really well. Um, in fact, you've had a couple of the most recent ones that I've heard about on here, uh, Jake Lawler and Aiko, um, and they just like are crushing it and they're super young. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it is possible. Um mm-hmm most of us work at this a really long time um before anything goes. It's a really difficult thing. Um, it's really difficult to learn to write screenplays well. Yeah. Um, and also there is a real luck element um and a lot of that just ends up coming it, it's a lot of that ends up being a result of kind of who you know. Um, and mm-hmm. I started out with zero connections so yeah, same you know like it takes a while to build that network up um so you know my advice is just to kind of embrace the idea of this as a long game and not be intimidated by the fact that you don't know anybody or don't know how to do this because if you look at it as like i'm going to invest 10 years well you can learn to do something really really well in 10 years if you're just deliberate about it and consistent about it Mm -hmm. and you can meet a hell of a lot of people in 10 years and Mm -hmm. if people recognize that fire in you people will want to help you. They mm-hmm. will see somebody who like just really wants it and is constantly working at it and getting after it and who has a positive attitude. And, mm-hmm. you know, writer culture is really cool and that people want to help people like that. They do. um, so don't be intimidated by that. Just kind of embrace the idea that it takes a while mm-hmm. um, and go for it. Yeah. Weirdly. Um, I think it's that,
1: you know, in the sea of aspiring screenwriters, it is. It's not super rare, but it's it's rare that you see someone that you're like, oh, they have it like they have the thing. It's not polished yet. They're not close yet, but they do have it. They have the yeah. hunger and the work ethic and the attitude and, you know, also not being a dick, you know, uh, will get you far in the industry. I uh, but,
0: totally agree there are people yeah. that I've reached out to on Twitter over the past couple of years simply because I recognized that in them. And I knew that their scripts probably wouldn't be ready yet, but I just kind of mm-hmm. like wanted to like give back because so many people have done that for me and I've read their scripts yeah. and given them notes and I, you know, support them, you know, however I can, um, because yeah. like you want to see people like that succeed. Definitely. So,
1: Definitely. And, and, then, I,
0: and I find that that's the way writer culture is in general. Um, yeah. so, yeah, but and that I, and, attitude is a big thing. Yeah. And your advice was
1: great. I don't know why I have this urge to tack on my own bullshit advice because I usually don't to this question, but I was just going to say, I was thinking about it as you were talking, you know, don't focus, uh, you know, if you have no connections, like we started out and obviously you don't have a rep and you're just like kind of in your little bubble, just trying your best, just be comfortable in that bubble. Don't worry about getting a rep. Don't worry about winning a contest. Don't worry about what the trends are in Hollywood. Literally, all you should be doing at that point in your, you know, ascent is just writing the shit that you would love to see on a big screen or on a TV. Um just don't don't let the outside noise. that's that's that was the first time that I really derailed from the good track that I was on mm. was the moment I started thinking too much about the industry and thinking about what do people want like that's and yeah, then really everything good that's ever happened that. to me came from what's in your heart what do you want to say
0: yep you can you know? do a lot of like overthinking and that can be paralyzing and often you know it leads to you working on something that you're not that excited about and you're never going to do your best work if that's the case you know
1: yeah
0: um it, you know i do think that you need to balance it with finding especially as somebody who wants to break in, like I, I think that it helps a lot to balance it with finding something that, you know, is appealing in terms of a log line. Um, yes, it, whether yeah. that means that it's commercial or just like has some interesting hook to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, y- it also needs to overlap with your passion. Um. You know, if it doesn't, that's probably not the right thing for you to write, you know? And I know that like you're an example where like, you said that you feel like bellyache isn't necessarily the most high concept idea, but it's done incredibly well for you, you know? And I think that is because of your passion on the page, but also, you know, I do think that you pitch that in a log line form and you do kind of instantly get what the story is and what the struggle is. And I think that's part of it, you know? So yeah, like, you I would agree, see yeah. that And you, you, you see that log line and you're like, Oh, that does, that sounds like a movie, you know? And, um, and I, I can see why people would want to read that based on a log line, yeah,
1: well, thank you. And yeah, I agree. yeah, it's kind of the thing of you know, hook doesn't mean high concept always. Right. you know, whereas your script aftermath, that is a very high concept I mean, cool right. thing so
0: like I, I that that type of and that's why it broke me in twice, too, is because like it's just like you can drill that down. You don't even need a log line. I can literally say die hard on a bridge and you're like, oh, that does sound like a movie. You know, I wonder if it's any good. And then, you know, people read it and they're like, it is good. Um, and so, um, you know, and then we try to make it, but like, it's, uh, you know, so the, the, if you have something like that, that overlaps with your passion, that's fantastic Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. like, that's, it's just so fucking hard to get read in this business. Like I I think it's harder now than it's ever been too. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, that is important, but like a thousand percent, like you got to have the passion in whatever you're writing or it's just, it's not going to come out good. 100%
1: agree. Nathan Graham Davis, Nate Davis in some circles. Uh, pleasure having you on, man. Thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thanks, dude. I appreciate
1: the invite. All right, y'all. Episode 26 is in the books. I want to thank Nathan Graham Davis for coming on the show. Uh, really great episode. Dude is just crushing it. Um, I love a redemption story. I love a, you know, had their first trip around the block. And then, you know, for whatever reasons, life happens and it doesn't quite work out that first try. But then that person has the guts to come back and try again. And now it's working better than it ever worked before. And I'm just super happy for the dude. Um, Super happy to see people not give up. And that goes out to all of you. And myself, I have to say these things out loud because I want to give up all the time, but I can't. Uh, But yeah, thanks for coming on the show. I want to remind you guys, uh, you can watch Ethan and Edna on my YouTube, Andy Compton, uh, or my Vimeo, also Andy Compton. Uh, It seems like people like YouTube more than Vimeo. I don't know. I know Vimeo is supposed to be like the cool filmmaker place, but I get like fucking four views on my shit over there. Uh, And it's dumb. But anyway, yeah, you can watch Ethan and Edna there. Keep an eye out for CAPTCHA. CAPTCHA is coming very, very soon. I'm hoping two weeks we're like, finishing up the score and finishing up a little bit of post-sound color is basically done. So that's coming really soon. I appreciate all the support, guys. Everybody, you know, I'm in a place where I'm really grateful for all the support that I get on the internet. It's so weird um, that... People like this podcast, That people, you know, watch the films that I've helped make, and I just appreciate all the nice words, Um, and I hope to see your stuff on the screen someday and, uh, you know, go win Oscars together. Uh, We'll see what happens. But anyway, thank you guys. Um, Really appreciate you listening. I have two episodes already recorded that are coming really soon. I've just been killing it on the interviewing side, and... Uh, well killing it on the recording side and uh, really slacking in the editing side so I'm getting this one done it is currently Sunday night the Super Bowl just ended I'm gonna get this shit out by Monday morning so if you're listening to this on Monday morning I kept my word Uh, I'm gonna stay up and do this but anyway guys thank you very much take care of yourselves go drink some water go get eight hours of sleep eat a good breakfast in the morning, balanced breakfast. Um make sure you're eating, you know, some dark leafy greens at some point for the fiber. Uh especially if you're in your 30s like me, you have to pay attention to that. Okay, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: The Social Screen Podcast. The Social